Well, listen, today as we worship the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah simply means, the Hebrew word means praise the Lord. And, and what I'm talking about today, obviously, a word from the Lord. The Bible promises, if you haven't been with us, and I know that we have guests from the school and other guests from the community, people that are watching that are sick, they've called us and let us know they're not doing well watching at home. Well, I want you to understand something today. As we read the Word of God, we're in this series of Revelation, and, and you're tempted sometimes on special days to stop what God's doing and actually start something that's actually maybe a more positive or affirming or loving it might feel that way. And I don't think we can get any more loving than say, thus saith the word of God and read it. So we're going through the series of Revelation, and the Bible tells us if we hear the word of Revelation and we read the word of Revelation, there's a blessing that is coming from God. And so as we read today, we're going to actually, on Mother's Day, I was the pastor who preached on the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So just a FYI, there was mothers in there somewhere, right? And then today, we're carrying on, and we're into the uh, trumpet judgments. So if you have your Bible, we'd like for you to go to Re Revelation chapter 8. And if you didn't receive a bulletin today, I think there might be a few left that there's notes on the back of the bulletin, so you can actually use this material during the week. And I'm going to ask, I don't know if it's out there or not, but a little bit hot up here for me. And if you could uh, make me where I don't hear me, because uh, I don't like to hear me. Let's continue today in the Word of God. We're going to pick up in verse uh, chapter 8. We are going extremely fast. If you say, wait a minute, I want to know more about that or that, there's no breaks on this Revelation train that we're on. We're going through the book of Revelation, and if y'all know me, we're going through the book of Revelation in 13 weeks, and it took me a year and a half to go through the book of John. So I'm going through quickly, but we're going to have a fall study, a more discipleship study, breakout study, so you can actually ask all the questions that you have. If it's a mystery that we're going to read today, can I tell you something? I don't have the answers to that. When God told John to seal it up and keep it, guess what he did? He sealed it up and he kept it. And so I can't tell you what that mystery is, and no one else can either. They, we, can, we can make it up, we can guess, but uh, no one knows it's a mystery, so therefore the mystery shall remain a mystery. Well, the church has been raptured. If you go back and look at, and we've talked about, don't let anyone ever fight you over when Jesus is returning. Amen? There's people who postulate and say they're right, and throughout the years, people have said they're right. People said Jesus has already come. Paul told the Thessalonians, hey, don't worry, he hasn't come yet. And he gives us, we have this beautiful book, First and Second Thessalonians, you should read it. Daniel prophesied that he was coming. Uh, you'll find Ezekiel spoke to the future. Uh, God wants us to know, but I want you to understand here in chapter 8, if you're a Christian today, if you're part of the Christian church, you're not here in chapter 8. So the question might be, then why don't we read it? Because we have a responsibility to fulfill the Great Commission. And praising the Lord, we are to go and take the word of the Lord to the nations. The Bible says, Jesus himself said, after he had died on the cross, he was buried and he rose again the third day. He said, you shall be my witnesses. And here's where you're going to go. Go make disciples in all the nations. All the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them everything I've taught you. And he said, don't forget this. I'm always with you. Well, we believe that uh, eternal security happens here at Town Creek. We believe the Bible teaches that once you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, once you're fully committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, that is a forever trust that you put in Him, and He, in turn, has given you a forever seal. We're going to talk about the sealing of God, and as you go out today, if you didn't get a copy, each week there's not enough time to preach everything, so we ask you to get a copy of the notes that we, these are the extra definitions or descriptions, and we're talking about, as you leave, what is the seal of God? You can pick one of those up at the door, each door, if we run out, we'll make more copies, but 
Uh, we try to give you more information so when you go home that you know what God's Word says. Because Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. Have you ever been called ignorant? Does anyone like to be called ignorant? It's not stupid. That's stu- the stupid is different than ignorant. Stupid is you just can't help yourself and you're not able to learn. Ignorant means you don't know. And if you travel, has anyone been to Spain? Raise your hand if you've been to Spain. Well, I was ignorant when I went to Spain. I thought when I was in the military, I thought everyone had looked like a matador, had dark hair, uh, dark eyes. Why are y'all laughing? Y'all had been. You don't know what it looks like, right? If you've been, you understand. If you haven't been, you don't understand because I was from the country, and everybody around me was white as snow and had different color hair, but everybody had white skin for the most part until we got older and then moved. I didn't realize I'd never seen anyone that was African-American until I was in second grade. I'd never seen even Hispanic folks, didn't see many at all until eighth grade. And when I joined the military, I'm like, wow, there's a vast array of people in the world. I didn't know because I was ignorant left in small town, right? So ignorant just means you don't know. And so Paul says he doesn't want you to be ignorant brother. By the way, Spain, people have dark hair, dark eyes, blonde hair, red hair. Uh, the, the smorgasbord just like America. I was enlightened when I landed the plane there in Madrid and was able to, to just see just a sampling and going, wow, my mind was open. Well, here, Paul had written in First and Second Thessalonians, now John's writing under the revelation of God. God is revealing to John what to write. And as he reveals these things to come, it's hard for me to take notes, and I even found another error after I went through my notes. It's hard to preach it future, which it is future, and to preach it as John tells it almost in the past because we're written from the Word of God. So if you see me go from first person to third person, uh, I could possibly do that more than one time. So as I preach and as I teach. So let's, let's get together. Revelation chapter 8. We're going to begin in verse 1. And when he opened the seventh seal, and by the way, if you haven't been here, who is the he in your Bible? There was only one found in heaven anywhere to open the scroll, and it had seven different seals on it. We've gone through the six of the seals and here the he is, of course, you said it, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. He's about to open the seventh seal. And as he opens the seventh seal, there, the first six seals, there's a party in heaven. If you go back and read uh, chapter 1, we see a vision of Jesus. And then we see 2 and 3, we've been through that already. We see the church, the warnings to the church and the promises to the church. If you do this, then this will happen. We call that a premise, right? If, the, if you do this, there's a promise, then this will happen. And the Lord Jesus Christ speaks to the church. And then we see the church raptured or immediately taken off the planet to be in heaven. And so the church is in heaven during this process we're in right now. And judgment is coming here on earth. I read today just for fun. I typed in the Jerusalem Post. And you should do it today if you have any interest in world news. Today in Jerusalem, from the Jerusalem Post, there's two articles. Do you know the biggest controversy that we talk about? And we don't fully understand it because... Preachers of old would preach the Bible, and they would say, Jerusalem, one day Israel is going to be a nation. And in 1940, everyone's like, whatever, right? 41, like how? It's not even on the map. There was no Israel on the map in 1937 or 40 or 41, 42. And the United Nations, along with the U.S. and other countries, got together and reformed Israel in 1947, and it became a nation in 1948 again. So Israel became a literal nation again in 1948. So biblical prophecy was fulfilled, if you will, during our time. And we talked about some of the senior adults who are much older than this and actually learned this in school when Israel became a nation. And then we say, well, the Temple Mount, the Muslims on that, no way the Jews would ever be back on the Temple Mount. We don't believe that. Scholars will argue, is that where the new temple is going to be built? Another additional temple. 
Let me show you what's in the news today. This is not from the Bible, even though it sounds like it's from the Bible. This is happening from Jerusalem today. Israel's national security minister, and he's got a long name, Itamar ben Gavir, uh, visited the Temple Mount on Sunday morning, two days after Jerusalem Day. I am happy to go up to the Temple Mount, the most important place for the people of Israel. It should be said that the police are doing a wonderful job here, and once again, proving who is master in Jerusalem. All the threats of Hamas will not change anything. We are the masters of Jerusalem and the entire land of Israel. And you're going to see, he, he bragged on the police again. And then their prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, the Jewish people have been in Jerusalem for thousands of years and will remain for thousands more. Uh, he said, President Mahmoud Abbas recently claimed that Israel is lying about its historic ties to the, to the city. Abbas said days ago at the UN that the Jewish people have no connection to the Temple Mount and that East Jerusalem is part of the Palestinian Authority, Netanyahu said. Well, it should be brought to his attention that we are holding a special cabinet meeting in honor of Jerusalem at the foot of the Temple Mount and on which King Solomon built the first temple of the Jewish people. And again, it should be brought to Abbas's attention the historic the heart of the historic state of Israel, the city of David, was here 3,000 years ago. He goes through and is back and forth between the, the prime minister and Hamas. But he says, Netanyahu just said that Jerusalem was the Jewish capital 1,100 years before London was the capital of England, 1,800 years before Paris was the capital of France, and 2,800 years before Washington, D.C. was the capital of the United States. He goes on and on and on talking about Jerusalem owning, uh, Israel being owned by the Jewish people. The Hebrews. And some people say, they, we deny it, say the church has replaced Israel today. And I want to tell you, I do not believe that at all. That's false teaching. The church is the church. We live in a very special age of grace. And Jerusalem, God's promises for Israel, is still there. It's still on the table. And you can see it heating up on the very place where we believe the temple has to be rebuilt when the coming of the Lord happens. Whether you're a pre-tribulationist, you believe the rapture is happening before the tribulation begins. Because we all know there's only seven years of tribulation. Three and a half years of tribulation, that's terrible times. And then three and a half years of great tribulation. Terrible times when the church is not here. So if you're pre-tribulation, that means you're before the tribulation, the church is taken up. I can agree with you. If you're a mid-tribulation, somebody says, well, we're going three and a half years and then we're up. We won't face God's wrath. I could have dinner with you, right? We could talk about it. And I told you, post-tribulation, uh, we could meet and have dinner, but we can't talk, all right? Because I don't. Uh, there's no way I can actually bring that to fruition in my mind. And, and, and with the word of God. Let's read. So there's this noise in heaven. There's celebration. It's loud in heaven. There's thunders, lightnings, peals of lightnings. These creatures are shouting hallelujah, praise the Lord. The angels are singing. There's a multitude in heaven. It is loud in heaven up until we switch gears and get to chapter 8, verse 1, the seventh seal. Let's look together. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Hence the title today, Be Quiet and Listen. Be quiet and listen. How hard is that for us to do, those of us especially that are a little hyper? How many times have you told your children, you'll probably have an opportunity in church today. And by the way, as kids, if your mom or dad pinches you during church, just shout real loud, ow! I did that in church one time. Now, it ended up in really bad spankings, but uh, I did it during church. So just, uh, just scoot a little bit further away from your mom or dad. I'm just thankful for our students that we have here, our children we have. Let's look. It's quiet now. There's 30 minutes of just dead silence. And unfortunately, it's a silence for the recognition, unfortunately for who God is, but then what's about to happen. Let's go. Verse 2, and I saw the seven angels, John speaking, who stand where? Where did your Bible say? Where did these angels stand? 
So I want you to understand, this is command and control. Everything happens before the throne of God. So when angels go out, they go out from God to the earth. They go out from God to bring about the destruction and judgment that God's promised. You say, why would God? I thought he was a God of love. And he is a God of love, by the way. And he's a God of justice. But it's holy love, holy justice, and holy hatred. We can't even compare to that. But here we go. So before the throne of God, and here they go. They were given seven trumpets. These are God's trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. And he was given, this is the altar of incense. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was where, church? Before the throne of God. And the smoke of the incense and the prayers of the saints ascended where, church? Before God. Don't, get this, don't miss this. From the angel's hand. And then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Many people will try to describe these different events as, they'll try to explain it as war or nuclear war or something like that. I want you to understand as we get through the seven trumpets, I believe it's very clear that these are supernatural acts that are happening from God. The heavens, are, it seems like they're falling and the sky is not falling, but there's things falling from the sky. You'll see that God is sending things over and over to the earth. He's trying to get mankind's attention. Remember the Christians, the, man, the, the church is out Will people be saved during the tribulation? Yes, they will. But they're going to go through great tribulation. They're going to go through terrible times, and they will die for their faith in Jesus Christ. It's very much going to go back to like the Old Testament times. The day of grace is now. That's why we preach. Listen, give your heart and life to Jesus Christ while there's still time, while you can understand and we live under this time of calm, even though the world's falling apart. We're under a time of grace that says very clearly, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, what does the Bible say? shall be saved. You can actually ask God to forgive you for your sins today. You can say, I believe that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead just as God's word says. And God, I want you to come into my heart and life and live with me forever and me with you forever. And he says, absolutely yes. The Bible says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of grace. We have the opportunity to respond and tell our neighbors and our friends and those we love, Jesus really does love you, but Jesus wants to save you from your sins. This is something true from the Word of God. So this is happening. So the angels are prepared. Here they are with seven trumpets, and now it's going to start sounding. Here we go. Let's listen as the angels sound. Verse 7. The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all grass Green grass was burned up. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. What does that sound like if it's a great mountain that's on fire? I just did a little research this week to find out when the next meteorite is supposed to hit Earth. You know when it is scheduled for? I'm not saying this is the time of this, but you know when it's scheduled for? There was a near miss. They said near misses are thousands and thousands of miles, but the next meteor to hit Earth is scheduled for 2042. It's supposed to hit Earth, or it's supposed to be impact. What does that date have to be with anything? Nothing. I'm just giving you something I just looked out to see if this was a mountain thrown out of heaven, if this was truly a meteorite coming from outer space that God uses, and all things are under His control. Amen? Everything. So this mountain comes, and it destroys when it comes. So this, verse 9, And a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. 
Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, or bitter, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. It was undrinkable. And what happens today, have you ever had water? I was so thirsty. I was with the boys this weekend. We were hiking and doing all kinds of different things at a men's retreat. And we're going on a trail ride in the Jeep, Alex's Jeep, and I was so thirsty. I said, hey, you got any water in the car? I'm thirsty. I didn't drink enough water back at camp. And he goes, no, Dad, I'm sorry I don't. So we're driving on the trail, and all of a sudden, there's a spring. It rained up there, so water's running off the mountain. He goes, he pulls over, he goes, there, get a drink. Anybody going to take a drink of that? I know it's mountain water, and it looks clear, but I have lived long enough to know if you drink water that runs through all that debris, what's going to happen to the intestines? If you don't filter it, more than likely you're going to get something that uh, Ajax can't take care of, right? Or Pepto-Bismol. you got to see it through. So I knew I had to preach today, so I was like, I'll pass and be thirsty. But listen, let me tell you, uh, when you're thirsty and you, you'll just about drink anything. I've been in Kenya where children would drink black water, that sewer water running through. They know it's wrong. They know it's going to make them sick, but they're so thirsty that they'll bend down and try to, as best they can, change the color of the water, even though they can't, and drink it. Here, the fresh water is being damaged, the salt water is being damaged, seafood is going away, right? The buffets have ended right here on earth uh, because the seafood, the ships are being destroyed. These are shipping containers. And you think about if you've ever lived near a port or been in the military, been in the Navy, we see all those ships carrying goods and many countries are living week by week from the shipments that come. Verse 10, then the third angel sounded and a great star that star fell and you see with the wormwood, it bitters the water. Verse 12, then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. Look what transitions here now from the trumpet sounds, what's happening, the judgments are happening, and God's going to give a moment of grace. God, even in his time of beginning of judgment, and this is not the woes yet, it's coming, it's getting worse. God stops so that mankind can repent. The people that are here on earth, he gives them opportunity to see this is supernatural and, and happening. These things happening back to back to back. This cannot just be explained by science. This just cannot be explained by just happening that's happening in the weather. Sure, we're setting it up for it today, aren't we? Uh, climate change, we're going to blame. It's going to be scientists are going to be out. Oh, climate change is so bad that meteors are falling from heaven. Climate change, there'll be something that actually we'll make an excuse for to explain this. But I want you to understand today, uh, those that are hearing my word, this is a supernatural happening from God. God is doing something that only God can do, and it's in God's timing. But what he does during all this sort of judgment, look at verse 13. This is how awesome and sweet and wonderful is our God. And he says, And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst. This is not one of the seven, different angel. And I heard, and I looked, and I heard an angel flying in the midst of heaven saying to the loud voice, Whoa, whoa, whoa. And before I read anymore, has anyone ever ridden a horse? Y'all understand that whoa? What are you trying to do? Get that joker to stop, right? You, whoa, whoa. And when we were little, my mom used to say it. She said to our grandkids, whoa, mule. And that basically stop so that you can actually do something different. That means put the brakes on, right? But there's a woe coming. This type of woe is a warning of woe. This is a woe of destruction. Listen, turn from your sins because God's about to drop heaviness. You think this was bad? It just happened. Woe, woe. Whoa, something greater is coming. And he puts a warning there for all the inhabitants of the earth. He says, whoa, whoa, whoa to the inhabitants of the earth. 
because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. This is about to happen. Transition to chapter 9. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star falling from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth to have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or anything green or anything any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Make a note right there if you're marking your Bible. This is a seal that only God has given. Verse 5, and they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. Has anyone ever been stung by a scorpion? It's a nasty, nasty, painful sting. These are powerful beings. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. The shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold. And he goes on and explains it for the next few verses of what these were like. And I'd like for you to read those, but for the sake of time, we need to continue. Go down and look at verse 11. And they had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name was in Hebrew, Abaddon, or but in Greek, Apollyon. Some people say this is Satan. I don't believe this is Satan. I believe this is a powerful, demonic angel who was cast out of heaven and he actually left his own domain. I believe he was locked there. He's the king of these demonic beasts or beings coming out of the abyss. And you look and see what happens. Verse 12, one woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. Men, mankind is being stung by these awful be- uh, creatures. How's it happening? The answer is, I don't know and none does anyone else. Are these governments? We say, well, some people say, well, this is just symbolic of government. Here's what I want you to understand. Whether it be symbolic of governments, whether it be literal creatures that come out and sting you, I want to tell you, this is one of the first woes that God says, this is the judgment of God. It's going to be awful. Understand? So no matter what people try to justify, there is no good that's coming out of this, this woe. There's no good that's coming out of this trumpet blast. And there's a warning. Woe. This is the first woe from the holy angel that a demonic angel is coming and he's going to attack. Well, let's continue. Verse 13, then the sixth angel sounded as I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before where? God, before God, saying to the sixth angel who had a trumpet, release the four angels who are bound in the great river Euphrates. Just as a side note, did you know that the river Euphrates is drying up? As we speak, the river Euphrates is drying up. These four angels that have been locked there, these there's a lot of, you'll learn in the fall if you want to study this, uh, there's angels that are there and we believe why they're there for the sake of time and and deeper discussion and not confusing you. Uh, we won't talk about them this morning, but they're there in the great rivers Euphrates, which is drying up today. If you look it up, you can see there's fear that there won't be any water going to Iraq coming up soon. Verse 15, so the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year, you think God's specific, the hour, the day, the month and the year, were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million and I heard the number of them. And when John wrote, there was no army on the planet that could mass 200 million. Are there today? Yes. And you'll see, obviously, and I'm not going to get into that, if it's this China-Russia combination, uh, there's armies, listen, that are coming against Israel. It has to happen because thus said the word of God. Listen, Israel's going to face this persecution. Where is the church right now under all this? We're in heaven. So listen, 
you can rest assured today if you're a Christian, we, I don't think we'll be watching this from heaven, but it's going to be happening here on earth. That's why we should pray for our loved ones. That's why we should pray and teach and tell our neighbors. That's why we should be sure of our salvation. That's why we talk about Revelation. And why don't we spend a, a day of celebration of Town Creek Christian Academy and Town Creek Christian Academy Early Education? Why don't we celebrate Town Creek Baptist Church? Uh, we celebrate it because Jesus Christ is the head of all of us. Amen? That's why we have these ministries. That's why we celebrate. And this is Jesus showing John what's about to happen. Is it scary? Not at all if you're a Christian. I'm Chapter 8, I'm not there. But why do I need to know that? Because I want my friends to know so they're not there as well. I want my family to know so they're not there as well. I want even my enemies to know so that they're not there as well. This is information that we need to know. This is the Word of God because God's saying, I'm going to bring it. I'm bringing judgment, whether you like it or not, because, I don't know if you know this or not, he's God and we're not. Don't we wish that he was just a squishy little teddy bear God that we could squish sometimes and, and love on him? That's how people talk about God. He is a God of love. His love is so more, it's, it's infinite, right? It's unbelievable. Our love, we love pizza, we love grandma, we kind of put it all in the same category. But God's a God of love, the Bible says. And he's telling us this. He, he died on the cross for us because he loved us. Because Jesus himself said, For God so loved the world that he gave me, right, his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in me shall not perish but have what? How long does everlasting last? Forever. That's a promise from Jesus Christ himself, the very one that's opening these seals, the very one that has the scroll in his hand. Church, this is amazing things to think about. Well, let's continue because this is happening before the, God, uh, the throne of God. And I want you to continue to read, and obviously there's a, there's a description of plagues and things that are happening in verses 15. These four angels uh, who have been prepared for this hour, the day, and month, and year were released. They killed one-third of the men. Why one-third? Why do we keep seeing one-third pop up? Because this is just a sampling of God's judgment. This is just a sampling. He's throttling down his judgment because his wrath is about to be opened up, and it's about to be 100%. Do you understand? This is a sampling of God's judgment that's coming. He's giving one-third of the grass, one-third of the trees, one-third of the sea, one-third of mankind. And you get through and say, that's still a lot of people when you count 8 billion people or whatever it is at this time. It is a lot of people. It is a lot of grass. It is a lot of living creatures. But God's trying to show mercy and grace, saying, I'm trying to tell you it's coming and judgment's coming. And listen, once judgment is over, it's eternal judgment for those who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we spend our time, listen, families, we thank God for you sending your children to Tempered Christian Academy. We partner with you. It's not us training them and, and sending them back to you. When the children sing up here, when they do American Sign Language, yes, our teachers have been involved in their lives, but it's you as parents that have invested in the children. And our job is to come alongside parents and say, listen, let's teach them, let's seek, serve, and share the truth. And I don't know if you know this or not, it's a capital T in our school motto so that we actually, the T is Jesus. Because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. We want our children to know. We want our teachers to know. We want our families to know. We want our friends to know. There is no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. Not just head knowledge, but that full 18 inches from the head to the heart that you know, that you know, that you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior because you've asked him. And when you have that down pat, you know, you'll start living a holy and righteous life. When people see you, they'll see just a snapshot of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's how we're supposed to live our lives. You say, well, I want to enjoy life. I enjoy life greatly. I, I'm not perfect by any means. But listen, it is much better. I've been on both sides of the coins as an adult. It's much better to live a, a righteous life knowing that I have a, f a future with Christ 
than it is to live a sinful life knowing there is no future without Christ. We have a hope that passes all understanding, the Bible says. Amen? Let's continue. Let's jump back into this. I want us to go. You'll see that, listen, verse 20, if you would, of chapter 9. Just look at this one verse. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by those plagues, you would say they fell down at God and said, God, have mercy on us. Look what your Bible says. It says clearly, did not repent of the works of their hands. They should not stop worshiping demons or idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, wood, which neither can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murderers, their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Does that sound like today? People, listen, love self-centeredness. Me first. All of y'all can get in line behind me. They won't turn even when God's bringing about this judgment. People won't turn. So is any wonder today, when COVID-19 hit, what happened to the church? Some pastors went to jail because they said, we're not closing for any reason. We didn't close as Town Creek Baptist Church. Uh, we, we heard from the governor that we, we actually had it was in a, a, a conference call with the governor. We will not stop meeting. If you have COVID, don't come to church, we said. If you're, even today, if you're sick, don't come to church today. Even a reasonable adult knows if I don't feel well, don't come. And there's enough room to spread out. For, for a while there, I was going to have the, the masked people here, the unmasked people here, right? Those with vaccinations here, those without vaccinations here, those who don't care here, and all the above up here. Somebody else could watch my phone or they could open up the doors and stand outside. It, it got so crazy in the church we were trying to satisfy. Everybody sings, oh, happy day, right? What's the happy day about? What's the end of the happy day? When Jesus, right, took my sins away, and then what's going to happen? What's the whole reason of singing about Jesus? What's the whole reason of praise the Lord? What's the sing gratitude? What's the purpose? There's an end game. Did y'all know that? It's not just today's singing. It's not just today's instrument playing. The purpose is to die and go to heaven or to be transported in the rapture. That's the whole purpose of being a Christian. Listen, we live for his glory while we're here. But the end game is we're going to heaven when we die. Amen? And what do we do as humans when COVID hits? Everything we can not to go there, right? Now, I don't want to die today. It ain't that I want to go today. We've dealt with heart attacks and cancer in our family. We don't want it to happen today because I love being here with family and friends. But listen, if it happens today, blessed be the name of the Lord. But we fight. We're scared. And people, what I found out during COVID was people are so scared of dying because they're not sure of their salvation, they'll go to any length to stay away from other humans because you might contaminate me. Right? Look at the churches today. COVID's over. Where are the people? COVID was a good definer of what the church is like. The true church will still try to worship, even by phone or by video. Somehow the true church will still try to, I need to get with my brothers and sisters because my spiritual gift has to be exercised with them, and I need them to exercise their spiritual gift with me so that we can bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm all about being smart and intelligent when it comes to being sick. Amen? But don't be so afraid of dying. Listen, we sing songs about heaven, we preach sermons about heaven, and then we pray. Like, have you ever been to a Baptist prayer meeting? Oh, Lord. Don't let grandma die. Don't let mama die. Don't let daddy die. Help them get better. And we don't want to let anybody go because why? We sing about heaven. We talk about the street of gold. It's because we have a love, but also we have a fear if we're not careful to, to, to admit it. We don't release people that we love. Well, this is happening here. God is stopping. He's given a grace period, if you will. He's, he's given all these judgments. Go to chapter 10. 
And I still saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a, a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet was like pillars of fire. Pretty dynamic-looking creature, isn't it? He has a book in his hand, or a scroll, your Bible might say. He had a little book or a little scroll in his hand, and he set his foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. This joker's um, he's, he's a being that we can't even fathom today. And verse 3, and cried with a loud voice and when a lion, uh, as when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. And now when the seven thunders uttered their voices, and, and I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered and do not write them. And most people will spend all their time in life trying to figure out what those things were written. If God said seal it up, the angel said seal it up, guess what he should do? Seal it up and move on. We got better things to be talking about, right? Because it's going to come out. Just wait for it. But right at this point, this is don't dwell on the what the mystery is. We'll continue. He's going to talk about the seventh angel. Let me go down and jump to verse 8 because I want you to read this on your own, but let's read verse 8. Then the voice which I heard from the heaven spoke to me again and said, Go, take the little book or the scroll which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. So I went to the angel and said to him, Give me the little book or give me the scroll. And he said to me, Take it and eat it. This sounds kind of funny. When I was a kid, I used to read this going, That oh, sounds good, right? You're going to eat a book. And it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey to your mouth. And John, actually, he comes back and says, hey, this thing was sweet as honey to my mouth. Read it for yourself. But it made my stomach sick, right? So he continues. But he tells John, this is why John is to take the word of God, take these prophecies into himself. Not to just, this is not a free lunch. I know it's almost time for lunch. It's not just so he's munching on a piece of paper or pampers, right? He's not just munching on a history book or something like that. He's taking in these things that's been shown to him, been revealed. That's what the book of Revelation means, to reveal. God has revealed these things to him, and John has taken it into his heart and soul. He's believed the, count of the, the, the counsel of God. He's believed the words of God, and now what's he going to do? What's his job? Once you eat that, it's troubling to your stomach because, you know, one-third of all of the humans on the planet dying. Does that excite anybody? Uh, the animals dying, does that excite anybody? Creation being destroyed, does that excite anybody? None of us rejoice in any of this. We're just telling you, we're warning, right, what the Word says. Warn those who are listening. And what was John to do with this Word of all this stuff he's responsible for now? He has it inside of him. And I don't think it's in his stomach, but it's in his head. Here he, watch what he says, verse 11. And he said to me, you must, what does your Bible say? Prophesy. What does prophesy mean? You must tell of the things that are about to happen. There's friends and there's a lot of people who's been in church their whole life. They've never read the book of Revelation because they think there's boogeymans, red dragons, and all kind of flying things, and it freaks them out. It's because you don't read it. If you read it, God wanted us to reveal. He wanted to reveal it to us. So that same Holy Spirit that gave it to John is the same Holy Spirit that will help you understand it. And God is systematic through the book of Revelation. He takes you step by step by step. You can take your finger just about and say, open the Bible and say, where's the church here? The church is us, Christians. Where are Christians? Where are we? And you can find out where we are. Where are we right here? If I just pick up and say today's verse, when John's prophesying, where is the church? Based on what the Word of God in chapter 7 or, or earlier. Look, we're in heaven. That's what the eternal security feels like when you're, you're a Christian and you know that you know that you're saved. I can send it before you today and say, I won't be here on earth seeing these things happen. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? But you might be. What happens if it starts today, if the rapture happens today? There's seven years, and it's seven literal years of tribulation. Three and a half years of ish troubled times, but three and a half years of awful 
wrath of God that's coming at the halfway point. Yes, the beast is there. Yes, there's a dragon we're going to talk about next week. But listen, the dragon's the devil, FYI, spoiler alert. If I said the devil, you go, oh, that's nothing good. Even we don't like him and, and we know he's, he's a sinful being. But the red dragon's the devil, Satan. It's not China and right, the, the president of China, the prime minister of China. Could he use a man? Absolutely, he will, and I believe you'll see that. Don't be afraid of God's word. He wants to reveal this so you'll have a blessing from him. He wants you to understand what future things are. And let's continue. And this is why we tell our children. Obviously, we're not teaching this in grade school for sure, right? Because it would scare you and go, what in the world is this about? But if you listen to the word of God, God explains himself so that we would know. Well, let's finish up here and I'll give you the notes. I'll go through the notes. John speaks there. Go to chapter 11. John is to prophesy, to tell the future things to many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. He's to tell everybody. And you know the Bible's being translated in almost every language now? There's a few still, but the Word of God is going forth. People are reading this in foreign languages, foreign to us today, and they read this and say, yes, amen, amen. Isn't that amazing to think about? No matter where you go on the planet, just about. There's still missionaries doing their work. We'll finish in chapter 11 here, the first few verses. Then I, Chapter 11, verse 1. Then I was given a reed, like a measuring rod. We'd say a tape measure today, right? And the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court of which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months, as specific dates. And I will give power to two of my witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the throne of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in the same manner. These have power to shut up heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. When they finish their testimony, verse 7, the beast that ascends up out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, over them, and kill them. And their bodies will lie in the street the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, which are our Lord has where our, also our Lord was crucified, and then those from the people, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies for three and a half days, and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice that they're dead, make merry, and send gifts to one another, because the two prophets tormented uh, those who dwell on the earth. Can you imagine that? There's a party because. The beast has killed the prophets, these two witnesses. Go to your notes and let me give these to you as quick, as succinctly as I possibly can. Guys, if you'll travel and you'll travel this summer for vacation, if you've got children, this question, look at my notes there. Are we there yet? How many of y'all have ever heard that more than one time? Anybody ever heard it more than 1,000 times, right? Depends on how many kids you have and how far you've traveled. Are we there yet? And what do you, what's the answer? The answer, let me just give you the answer. The answer is yes. Wherever you are, that's where you are. So are we there yet? Yes, we're there. Wherever there is, you can be doing 70 miles an hour, you're there. And you're also there, and you're there, and you're there as you keep going that way. So just answer your kids, are we there yet? The answer is yes, all right? You don't have to debate anymore. Don't ask me again. You ever do that? I'll tell you when we're there. I'll give you a warning. We used to have to, when we were going to mom and dad's, we used to go, whose trees are those? And they were like, grandma and grandpa's. And it was a celebration that they knew. They saw those clump of trees, and that was grandma and grandpa's house. So they knew they were there. So I want you to understand today from the Word of God, when we look into the Word of God, this is possibly the most asked question on family road trips. When looking to the prophecies found in Revelation, we often want to know, here's, have you ever been asked this? Are we here yet? Are we there yet? And the answer is, 
We're almost there. No, we're not there yet, but what's going to happen? We are so, as we say from Spartanburg, Pauline, stinking close, right? We're close. Believers should be, com- uh, listen, confident. This is the first fill in the blank. This is confident knowing God is completely, completely in charge of all things. If you have a bulletin, write that down. Verses 8 through uh, 1 through 6, in John's vision, listen, we're right there, y'all. We're, we're, we're bumping up to this time. In John's vision, God gave seven angels his seven trumpets. The seven angels prepared to sound trumpets from God. Notice all begins, again, as I told you, around God's what? His throne. That's where it starts. The seven angels discharge their duties and initiate God's judgment. Trumpets one through four release supernatural judgments on the creation. Next note, God sends grace in the form of a single angel warning those on earth with his message of repentance. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Great wrath is coming on those who dwell on the earth because of the raining blast of the trumpets, which the three angels are about to sound, announcing even greater judgments. Now, chapter 9, verses 1 through 12, in John's vision, trumpet 5 revealed the abyss opening and outpouring of scorpion locusts, is what I called them because they had the ability like that, along with their king. People on earth are severely tormented for how long? Why five months? Why 42 months? Why does the Bible give us these numbers, very specific numbers? Because it leaves, if the Bible is written by man, it leaves an opportunity for error, does it not? For the skeptic to say, aha, this number is wrong. When you do the math in Revelation, by the way, students, there's math all throughout Revelation, all throughout the Bible. God even has a book called Numbers, right? Uh, when you look in the book of Revelation, all those months and days line up specifically exactly the same. God's good, isn't he? Even several hundred years and times before when Daniel uh, preached, it lines up exactly with what John was preaching in Revelation. You're going, wow, that's pretty amazing. It seems like they knew each other. Well, they didn't know each other, but they knew the one who knew both of them. Amen? The one who created them and the ones who redeemed both of them. They knew him and he spoke to them. I want you to see this. And as you take notes, this king, this, this destruction, that's his name. Abaddon is, just means, just think of the word destroyer is what we would say. He was the destroyer and that's what he come to do. Verses 13 through 21 in the vision, God's sixth angel sounded his trumpet and was commanded to release four demonic angels of death on the great, uh, from the great river Euphrates. These demonic angels killed one-third of all people. After their, this great judgment, people continued to, listen, live in their sin and still <laughs> refused to repent and turn to God. They rejected God's, obviously, obvious judgments, and they rejected God's, listen, this darkness that's upon the earth. They wanted what they wanted, and that was the end of it. Does that sound like people today? Yes or no? Does that sound like us today? How many times the people that are on Skid Row, and we see people all the time, how many people that are alcoholics or people that are addicted to pain medications or people that are addicted to illegal drugs, how many of them when they were kids, they were five years old, said, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I'd like to be a drug addict when I get older. I'd like to be an alcoholic. That would be my vision, right? No one ever says that. No one, no, no parents have that for their vision for their child, and no child in and of themselves has that vision for themselves. But how does it happen? And we know this, we, they're exposed to it, or they're, they see modeling, it happens, and then once they get older, they can't help themselves because the nature of the body kicks up and wants it because that's why we have the word addictions. For us, listen, these men are sitting here, these women are here, they're seeing this painful thing of God happening, and they still will not repent. John experienced spectacular mysteries revealed and then sealed by God's mighty angel. You can see that. John was commanded to prophesy God's judge, divine judgment to the nations. In John's vision, John was given a measuring rod. He is presented the, those who are should be are righteous and those who are unrighteous. That measuring rod that he was measuring, that's why the Holy of Holies, where the Jewish people would worship, 
He measured that. God said, measure that area. They're sealed. And measure, don't measure the outside because that's left to those unbelievers, those who would reject the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, God provided two human witnesses. And you'll, we'll see more about those witnesses next week as we get into. They had supernatural powers. And I want you to look, last note again, I put it in here twice. The church of Jesus Christ is not present during the great tribulation. We're not present here. Are you sure of your salvation is the question I ask you today. Because listen, would you want your neighbor to go through any of those torments or be killed in that way? Well, no. Well, look in the mirror and you don't want yourself to go through that as well. Kids, we don't even want our parents or anyone that we know to go through that. So what do we do? Two things we talked about so many times, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. When I was growing up, two things you don't talk about. What is it in church? We have 17 different churches represented in our church, all right? I don't know how many different denominations that is, but we have a lot. And so when people say when I was growing up, two things you don't talk about, politics and religion. Who ordained, if you will, the government, which is politics come from? Who ordained the government? God did. Should we be talking about what the government's doing? Should we be engaged with our senators and representatives whenever like, they're going through this week of do we save babies up to after six weeks in South Carolina? Have you, known, have you kept up with that? They're having to argue over when is a life viable, when is a human a human? Y'all, I won't guess another sermon for another day because time's out. But you see mankind's nature is to be always given over to wickedness, to evil. We always want to turn. Right in the south, we'll say, yes, ma'am, we'll hold the door. We'll say, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. But you cross us, and what's going to happen? We bring all the cousins out of the woods, and we'll try to kill you, won't we? In the south, we will. I mean, some of you northerners, you don't understand that, but that's just how we roll sometimes. Um, you're, you're adjusting, and you drink the water long enough, it'll be you too, right? It's mankind wherever you're from. But here's what God wants to know. There is repentance available to everyone. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, shall be saved. Listen, shall be saved. And my question to you today, you're here today for celebration of Town Creek. We're going to sing a little bit more in just a second and get out of here. But we want to celebrate our students. We love what Jesus Christ has done here at our church, in our school, in our preschool program. We, we love it. And we, we, we celebrate what God's done because there is no way we could have fathomed this. We just prayed, said, Lord, said, you keep them for 40 hours a week. And we're like, Lord, how? And I was that foolish preacher that said, let's, let's just teach kids because the public school is teaching them that they're furries. They're teaching them that they can be, boys can be girls and girls can be boys. And how foolish can that possibly be? Somebody's got to be reasonable. And we're the reasonable ones, the adults. We're the Christians. And we say, listen, right's right, wrong's wrong. Thus said the word of God. So today, listen, as we sing, we're going to prepare our hearts and minds saying, listen, am I doing everything I can as a parent? And if you're not a Christian today, you can't do all that you can because you have no power from God. You're doing it on your own. But if you're a Christian today, listen, you have the Holy Spirit working in through you because you can't live this Christian life. It has to be Christ living it through you. And I want to celebrate today, listen, what God's doing. He's a powerful God. He has, he's still on his throne. All this is coming true, but today he's alive and well right here today. The Bible says he's everywhere all the time. He knows all things. He knows your heart. He knows my heart. And he says, today's the day of salvation if you've never been saved. And if you're saved, listen, he's saying, living for Jesus. Amen? Living for Jesus. That's our, that's our goal. Bring him glory. Let's stand together. We give an invitation after every service. We stand, we sing. And if you want to come and pray, we'll give you the opportunity to pray. And if you want to pray with us, we'll pray with you. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. And if you just need to get right with God, listen, you can do it right where you're standing or sitting. But we encourage you to listen, do business while there's day. Be saved while there's time, because this day is coming. The word of God is true. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for our school and our church and 
Lord, even the, the daycare, Lord, as we, we go and try to minister to people in Jesus' name, as we try to share the truth and put the light in front of us, that we might get with the Word of God, Lord, and follow the moving of the Holy Spirit and see your work. Lord, your will be done, we pray in Jesus' name, for our sake, amen.